We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We have a show today built around a Rams preview. I think we need to get into behind enemy lines as best we can. Before we do so, I do want to enlighten you on what happened. Um, it's uh, at Friday's practice, the all-important Friday practice. It is an interesting injury report. So they're going to start Joe Flacco, which I think most of us presume that was going to happen, right? So Flacco starting... I think there's the expectation that there would be some positive vibes around that. I don't think that's a surprise to me. Joe is a consummate professional. He's been down this road before. I think that evokes a lot of confidence. And, and again, we've dealt with a lot of mystery, unknown stuff around who's starting at quarterback for the Browns and really what kind of performance they would get. So I think Flacco in the situation he's arriving into might be the right guy for the right time. We'll see. But nonetheless, you're going to see your fourth Brown starting quarterback, and it is going to be weird to see Joe Flacco starting. So, uh, you know, get get yourself prepared for that. It's going to be sort of a little bit of a trip on Sunday, uh, especially out watching the Browns out in L.A. and all that stuff that is just out of the normal. But then when you mix in the fact that Flacco, the guy who's been an arch enemy for so long, is going to be the starting quarterback for your team, it's going to be a little different. But the, the, how they game plan around Flacco's lack of mobility, some of that stuff is going to be interesting to watch. Uh, obviously excited, though, to see if he can – navigate things in a competent way because I think that's really all they need based on some of the stuff we've seen from Brown's quarterbacks this year. Uh, other injury report news. Marquis Goodwin obviously out. We talked about that. DTR obviously out. Uh, Denzel Ward is out. Miles Garrett, interestingly enough, is listed with no designation now. He was a full practice participant on Friday, so that's great. It seems as though the shoulder will be lingering, but it's not as big a deal as we thought. Also, the only other questionable name is Nick Harris dealing with a knee. It feels like he will probably play. If not, he's certainly replaceable. Harrison Bryant can do uh, many of the things that he does. But that's a great thing. And obviously, you know, no designation on some guys who were limited in practice. Thornhill, Anthony Walker was limited in practice. So those guys are good to go uh, completely. Obviously, Amari Cooper, good to go completely. So that's great. The Browns are actually in a decent spot. They're dinged up, but in a decent spot considering the just wild amount of names on that uh, list there. So uh, the only real noticeable names for the Rams is Quentin Lake. The corner is not going to play in this one. Again, I think the Rams have a high volume of names that people for, for most opposing teams would not know. Uh, I don't want that to be uh, coming off in the wrong way, but 
I don't think you would know many of these names, and that's why we're going to do a preview that we're going to do. But uh, a starting corner for them looks like he is going to miss this one. He is already labeled as out and questionable for an outside linebacker um, as well, right? So we'll talk through some of those injuries, but Rams are pretty healthy. They're in a pretty good spot. Browns are healthier coming out of this week than I thought, and I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. Two hungry teams, the Styles. Are going to be interesting because you know styles make fights, and I think the Rams have a difficult style for the Browns, and I think that's why there's some concern over whether the Browns can get this game done or not. But I think we need to do an in-depth preview because I don't think you, me, anybody who's covering Cleveland or paying attention to the Browns specifically have a great feel for what the Rams do. So that's what we're going to try to get. We have Derek C. Apollo, who's actually, ironically enough, an Ohio guy, but he covers the Rams, and we'll talk through a little bit of why he's gotten into covering the Rams and that stuff. But it's an interesting. Interesting bit. So Rams Talk Radio is what he does. It's on the Blue Wire Network. There's a link to that podcast in the description of this one if you'd like to find it. Otherwise, quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll get over to that interview with Derek right after this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you've had. So, why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view, which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money. Right, It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that GameTime app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account. Redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com. It is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so let's get to talking Rams. And to do so, I think we have a great guest. Derek's here with us. Derek, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. So give us, if you can, I know that this is, um, you know, the Browns and Rams haven't been together in a few years. Obviously, there's some connecting parts, right, between the Ohio side of things and the West Coast side of things and John Johnson and 
there's just some there's some connecting pieces here I, I think you know between the two franchises but i don't think that as far as staying on top of the nfc browns fans have a great feel for what the season has gone like for the rams it felt like to me derek you correct me if i'm wrong expectations were a little bit low to start the season but i feel like they've jump started some players have sort of taken off that's putting them in the in this sort of spot here where they feel like they can get back to 500 and get competitive and push toward the wild card I mean, something you said, well, just let me start from the very, very beginning. Something you said, these franchises being connected, well, they're connected. <laughs> For those who don't know or you, you, you don't know, uh, these franchises are connected way, way back to 1936, 37 when the Rams were in Cleveland. And then it was the Browns who basically drove the Rams out of Cleveland. So these, these teams have long time connections. And um, my family, we actually live in Ohio. And most of my family are Browns fans. I'm the outlier, so it's a, it's always the only time the only time of year I ever, or any pretty much every four years that I ever cheer against the Browns is when they're playing my Rams, and that's pretty much it. So to to get into what you're actually saying, the 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 Rams have been a complicated team. That we had them, pretty much everybody on our podcast had them winning between three and four, maybe five games. On paper, they're not very good. They went and they basically just kicked off the roster for lack of a better term several high dollar guys who were part of their core for the super bowl run and the expectation was okay well it's always been the idea that this team that in order to get the super bowl eventually they're going to take their medicine so this was the year to take their medicine they have 75 million dollars in dead cap space they have um all kinds of depth issues at the corner position, at the safety, some at linebacker and on the on the line, on both lines for that matter. And yet they open the season with a dominant 30-13 victory over the Seahawks. And everybody's like, well, hold on a minute. What's up with this? What do you do with this? And ever since then, it's been a roller coaster. The, 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 what, what it's come down to is this team was better than people thought they were going to be. Um, but they're still they're still they're rebuilding still. They won't say that. They won't admit that. No, nobody in the organization will outright say they're rebuilding. But you, you don't take on seventy-five million dollars in cap and dead cap space, looking towards twenty twenty-four, and then tell me you're not rebuilding. You are, but didn't mean they weren't going to be competitive. So that's where we are now, and that's their strengths and what's really gotten this team back together. The the catalyst is Kyron Williams, goes on IR, gone for a month comes back, gets the right opponent at the right time, and all of a sudden the Rams run for 20 yards, 143 of which come from Kyron Williams. With all that going on, all of a sudden this team has won two in a row over quality opponents. Don't, you know, they'll say, well, Cardinals? Yeah, the Cardinals were giving people problems all year, all year. Their their record sucks. They're not winning football games. They're going to recover quickly. That team is tougher than people realize, and they came in there and waxed the floor of them with Kyler Murray back. So there's a lot to look at in terms of where this Rams team is going. And we're all looking ahead actually to the Ravens next week. And in that respect, this is a must win game for the Rams. This is an absolute must. They can't lose the Cleveland and then lose the Baltimore next week because that's it. You're done. Yeah. It's fascinating. The Browns are probably feeling the same way, right? They don't want to slip to seven and five with some challenging games coming up on their schedule. So both teams are certainly going to be hungry. Let's talk offense, right? So you're you're telling me Kyron Williams is that big a difference. So so walk me through like is is Stafford playing 
you know, I'm kind of looking at skill position guys here. Stafford playing good football. I know that he's he's been dinged up a little bit. I, again, I could be wrong on that, but I believe he's been dinged up a little bit. Um, and then and then obviously you have this emergence of a wide receiver out of nowhere in Puka Nakua, right? So uh, just talk to us about the skill position talent and sort of how they're utilize, utilizing those guys. Well, that's the problem is they haven't utilized them properly all year until Kyron came around. They, they trade acres over to Minnesota. They, they just say, okay, Kyron Williams, you're, you're our running back. And then he gets hurt. The Rams, when I talked, when I mentioned the fact they have some, some issues with this roster as a result of this overhaul, one of those issues is the offensive line. They are not good in pass protection and they quite frankly, don't get a whole lot of bursts up front either. So you really have to work for your yardage Nonetheless, the Rams showed from from week one what their formula to winning was. It was running the football, controlling the clock, time of possession, uh, keep the opposing team's offenses off the field, and feed your your at that time it was Nakua because Cup was out, but feed those guys as much as you can. Um, but in their downsides this year, their problems this year has been. It's been it's kind of hard to say this, hard to believe this if you're outside of the the LA Rams area. It's actually McVeigh and his staff. He ten has this massive tendency to get tunnel vision on his play calling, and all of a sudden all he'll do is throw the football when the entire formula, his entire offense is based off the run. People don't realize that. A lot of people when they think Rams football and they think Cooper Cup and they think all the receivers over the years. Even when Todd Gurley was it, it was the thought was a thought process. But everything ran through Gurley, and now everything has to run through Williams. That's how his offenses are built. So when he gets his tunnel vision, they struggle. So that's something to look for on Sunday. Look at his play call. Much like you guys question Stefanski and his play calling, we question at times this person who's a genius. When the chips are down and he loses faith in his players, and it's usually the backups when his, when his guys are hurt, he just zones in on Cooper Cup, and that's it. And that's when they get in trouble. Okay, so how are they doing incorporating? I know Puka was kind of filling the role of Cooper. How, how are they getting both of those guys on the field? Is it is it Cooper back into his traditional role, and then Puka's doing something else? Like what? Are we, I guess what I'm getting at is, are we going to see those guys together on the field quite a bit? Yes, you will. You will. And but I don't think that role has really been defined yet. Okay. The, 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 because they're in a lot of ways, they're essentially the same player. They're not tall guys. They run great. They're great route runners. And so when when Cooper Cup got hurt, Puka just stepped in and just took over that role that Cooper Cup had. That's why he was so good at. It. He just stepped right into it. But now you basically have two of that same player type, and you got to try and make them work. And you can. How can you ever not make two great route runners work? But then it comes back into the pass protection thing. And then there's another guy that people aren't talking about that really should be talking about, including Ram. The Rams should be calling his, his number more, and that's Tutu Atwell, a little guy who's fast and always seems to find a way to make a play, but they don't give him the football enough. So the Rams have developing weapons. They do. But they haven't quite, in my view, figured out how to consistently utilize those weapons. And maybe that's part of the roster turnover. Maybe they need the whole year to do that. Maybe it's some of that play calling I was telling you about, or maybe they don't have an identity yet. Even though if you're watching the team, you know what they're best at at this point. You do. But yeah, they, they put them on the field all times together. 
So, okay, talk to me about the O-line. I think that that's a spot where most people from the outside looking in say that's where the weakness is. Is that the case? Are they playing better than people think they are? How's that unit looking? Well, if you look at the numbers, there are plenty of weeks they don't get up a whole lot. They don't. Get, they won't give any sacks at all. But they they will get pressured. They will get pushed back. And they have a hard time getting pushed up front. So I don't. if you look at the stats, the stats are a little deceiving on them in terms of how quality they are. Let's just say they're not dominating anybody. That probably is the best way to describe it. They don't dominate anybody. And against a defensive line like Cleveland has, if everybody's healthy and it looks like they're getting healthy, then I, I really predict that Cleveland's going to have a lot of fun up there on Sunday, and the Rams are going to have to try and counteract that. So you know, they're not a bad offensive line. They're just not physically dominant. It does. It totally does. I think that's where – I think you look at the skill position, guys, the Browns down Denzel Ward – you can you can find easy concern. You can find very easy concern. You can certainly find concern about running the football because Denver ran it on them. Teams have run it on Cleveland of late uh, to an efficient clip, which is despite having this historically solid defense. I mean, it's really up there in top ten and some of the charts that we've seen in recent memory. They are still giving up explosives and especially explosives in the run game. So you're talking about. Derek, an idea where they need to run it more. I am interested to see if McVay runs it more because, you know, you can't watch the Denver tape and see some of the explosives that were allowed without sort of foaming at the mouth a little bit about how to attack this Browns defense. So do you think McVay can be disciplined and go that route? Because if you're if you're saying what I think you're saying, which is about this offensive line protecting, I would imagine the Rams don't want to get into too many third and pass because that's when Cleveland can tee off and do some unique things in the secondary. Well, they do a lot of weird things. The Rams do a lot of weird things. You'll see them pass, 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 pass in close games, and you're like, you're making yourself one-dimensional. So, yeah, you would think, seeing the film, that they would do this and they would focus the run. But, you know, you can go back to the Pittsburgh game, and Pittsburgh at the time was really struggling against the run, and what did they do? Pass, 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 pass. The Cincinnati game, if you look at the film from that one, the Rams didn't – the Bengals didn't win that game. The Rams lost that game. That, that was a game which they had everything they can possibly have go for them in terms of what the Bengals were doing. And the Rams just simply chose to make themselves one dimensional. So it, we, you would think common sense would say that this should be the easy game plan. But I think the, the theory we have on our show is that Sean McVay does really well when he has all of his weapons, when he has a game plan that works for him, that fits his ideas and personnel. That, but when you're down a man, when you're down a couple guys and things aren't working well, he tends to not, at least this is our theory, put faith in the players who come in to replace those guys who are hurt. Well, right now, for the most part, they're healthy. Cooper Cup's dinged up. He's not going to, you know, he's not 100%. But for the most part, they're healthy, and that's a good sign for the Rams' offense this weekend. But make no bones about it, we we are seriously concerned on our end about how good this Cleveland defense is. We know, yes, like what you're talking about, they do give up some some big gains, but that pass rush up front is a danger to what the Rams like to do. That'll be obviously the key focal point is whether the Browns are able to dictate some craziness in Stafford's face to get him off of the spots. Because I, I really do uh, envision Nakua and, 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 and Cup and the gang, and Atwell obviously too, without Denzel, who's been an anchor of that secondary, to have some opportunities to catch the football. But the Browns will challenge him. They'll play a lot of man. They'll try to get after him in some unique ways and make Stafford just kind of hold on to it a little bit longer. Let's switch to the other side. I think the rebuild, I, again, to me, I, outside looking in, I'm not speaking as the expert here, but the rebuild has hit the defense more than the offense. Is that the case? 
that this is more turnover on that side of the football? And how, how are they doing collectively in this operation? Oh, boy. Well, they're <laughs> able to mask a lot in their wins because it, when they're when they're winning, they're winning it, running the football, controlling clock. And that really allows you to keep, you know, in any football game, it allows you to kind of keep the opposing offenses in a, in a bit of a haze, okay? For their defense, though, you can just look at the rosters. It, you have Aaron Donald and a bunch of guys, basically. And you get, you have some young stars developing. Byron Young on the outside there, he is becoming a star. And it's happening before our eyes. Uh, Ernest Jones dynamic in the middle he, he's a you know good tackler but then you look at the secondary kobe durant darian kendrick keller will witherspoon get Russ east the only guy that i really have any faith in at all back there is jordan fuller former ohio state guy and that's pretty much it and that you know at the beginning of the year pro football focus had them ranked the secondaries as the worst in the league and they haven't played but played like it but a lot of it has to do with the rams offense when it's been on putting that defense in better situations the Rams don't have a great pass rush going back to the front they, they, you know, you'll see double, triple teams, quadruple teams on Aaron Donald. And very rarely will they still actually get to the quarterback with anybody else. Byron Young again is developing to that. We're starting to see more that Michael Hecht is a specialist there, but he's kind of worthless everywhere else on defense. So you, you, when you see him, you know what he's there for. And, you know, that's really where they're at right now. A couple of guys developing, but they're in that kind of place where, the numbers and the performances don't match the actual names. And I think, again, it comes down to if they're on their game, game plan wise, offensively, that really kind of says defense. And, and a lot of Rams fans will, will they, a lot of Rams fans cannot stand Raheem Morris. And th- th- they're wrong. I'm going to call it my own fan base here a little bit because, you know, you only can do so much with the personnel you have. And from my point of view, they've done a lot of good. This He's done a lot of good things with his probably his worst defense there that he's had in L.A. And it's probably the worst in terms of talent level that's been there in about five, six years. And yet they still compete. So defensively, if I'm going to try and not be so long-winded and just kind of – there's – emerging talent um but nothing that's going to scare you you can move the football on this team especially if you can attack that secondary yeah that's what i want to hit on aaron obviously donald is still there still still thriving i i I want to hit on a couple names give me a couple names of players you think are playing pretty good football have a chance to really impact just a couple names browns fans will hear a pretty good amount in this you mentioned byron young is there any anyone else out of that group and you can talk about byron a little bit more too as an emerging uh, talent, but I always like that Browns fans prepared for two people, two, three people that are going to be a big part of the game plan, get a big part of stopping Cleveland in some way, shape, or form. Ernest Jones, he missed some time this year, but he is the center point of that, of that roster, that linebacking core, and he moves very well, always is in, in the leader for shift for tackles, um, becoming a leader in the field. Uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on. If he's, if he's manning the middle and doing it well, they're going to see a, a defense that is playing exactly how you hope it would be. We always know about Aaron Donald. He's taking some, you know, there are some who are arguing that he's taking a step back this year. Maybe he's just getting to him. I would say, no, you just have a supporting cast. So everything's on him. You can still see him creating havoc in the backfield. It's his speed for his size, even at his age is uh, mind boggling. 
Um, but then you look in the, de- the defense, we, we look at that combination of Kobe Durant and Darian Kendrick, and they're getting beat a lot. Uh, but they will surprise you from time to time with an amazing play that makes you think, oh, well, okay. But th- you can tell they are not long-term starters in this league. They're never going to be the kind of guys you rely on to win Super Bowls. So that is the real thing to watch out for. Can the Browns throw football with, throw the football with Joe Flacco? Because if they can, then their corners are vulnerable. Okay, let's close with this. Good stuff all around, Derek. We appreciate it, man. I, I just like to kind of get the vibe of whether you think the Rams can get this done. Like, I think you're talking a formula that's pretty similar to Cleveland's right ball control. The Browns have pretty much been one of the better teams in, the, in recent memory of getting teams off the field on third down and thus creating 20 more plays, 10 more minutes of possession. That's been the Browns' formula. The problem with that formula you know, you're still seven and four, but the problem with that formula is outside of Deshaun Watson, you have two touchdown passes and 11 quarterback turnovers. So they're fighting that stigma. We'll see if Joe Flacco can get beyond that and play a clean game. But I, I'm just, it feels like, again, with the, with the way the Broncos tried to play them last week, it was a very similar similar formula. But I, I do find this game to be a bit more fascinating from strengths and weaknesses side of things. So I'm curious how you're feeling about it, whether you think they can get this thing done. Cause the Rams are three and a half point favorites at home. So, you know, I, I get it. I, I certainly understand the Joe Flacco, the fourth quarterback for the Browns element tying into this, but there is a belief that the Rams have a pretty good chance, obviously as the favorite to get this game done. I would take the Rams up in this game. Uh, and I, I put it solely on Joe Flacco. I think the Browns made a mistake with this. And, and that, the fact that they brought Joe Flacco in, and, and almost immediately installed him as a starter over P.J. Walker. I know people have their problems with P.J. Walker, but P.J. Walker can at least move in the pocket. The Browns are starting a statue back there. You're starting a statue, and you, so you're going to solely rely on his arm and hand the football off. And I don't know that the first time you, you face NFL speed in a game in darn near a year is when you want to face Aaron Donald in the middle. So I, I don't think this is going to be a game where either team reaches 20 points. I don't think it's going to be a game that is a blowout in either way direction. I think it's going to be close all the way. I don't, you know, but that that stands out to me. That stands out to me that you have that matchup in your first first game back, and I, I would give the Rams the advantage there. Um, but on the flip side of it, I've seen the Rams pull stuff like this before where a guy that they shouldn't give him trouble gives them lots of trouble and they blow a game but you know for me i, I would take the point and i would you know you said it's razor rams plus three it's our favorite or minus three Remind no me. so the rams are actually giving three and a half at home yeah i would take the, this is gonna be like a three-point game i wouldn't take that bet at all this is gonna be a three-point game it's not it's yeah. not gonna be a, i would be stunned if anybody wins this, if someone wins this game by more than touchdown yeah i think i would be too man listen hopefully this is this is a good game. I mean, we don't want to watch something too, too ugly. I feel like it's not going to be some offensive um, masterful performance out here, at least from the Brown side. The Rams could put together something nice, but uh, I, I hope it's a good one. Uh, it should be, like you said, two teams that are hungry to get a win. It's a pivotal point in the season as you hit the, the final quarter here toward the home stretch. So both teams desperately need to win. Hopefully 
we can, like I said, show up and, and, and see Cleveland give the Rams a pretty good one out in L.A. I know it's going to be some Cleveland fans out there. should be a good environment. And we appreciate your insights on the Rams, Derek. We uh, we couldn't have gotten them any other place. So, uh, you know, check out. Tell people where they can find your podcast here on Blue Wire. We're on Blue Wire Rams Talk Radio. We have two teams. We have the, uh, the, the the core team with myself, my buddy Tommy, and former Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. And then we have the Budding Heads podcast, which is our partner podcast on, on the show. We've been around. We've been together for now for over 10 years doing this. And uh, proud partners on the, on the Blue Wire Network. I just want to say one more thing, too, by the way. Yeah. And that is um, – I genuinely, for for Browns fans listening, I, I genuinely am uh, sad at this season for because I look at that Browns roster, and I see Super Bowl team, and I, I to see all those injuries take that man. I am sorry, dude. I, I hope nothing for the best, and I want to see the Browns come back next year and just destroy everybody because they deserve it at this point. I mean. That was that's an amazing roster, and it just is a shame to see how the season's gone in terms of injuries. It has been rough, man. 17 names on the injury list running through the week. It's it's really mounted up, especially crippled the offense. But, uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think we – obviously, Browns fans, Derek's uh, an Ohio guy. I think Youngstown, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I just moved to Akron, actually. I'm teaching at School of LeBron. <laughs> nice. I'm teaching at uh, St. Vincent, St. Mary's, believe it or Very not. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, yeah, listen, this is um, – a great sentiment. Obviously, there's a lot of respect from Brown's side about, you know, the Rams took care of business against the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So, you know that you're, you're living in the heart of Brown's territory. So you understand how it is. It, it, it should be a fun game. I know the last time the two got together in Cleveland was a good one. Came down to, I think, the last throw from Baker yep, Mayfield yep. there. That was uh, really there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should be should be a good one overall. I think, like I said, uh, two hungry teams and we appreciate Derek's insight and uh, make sure I have a link in the description of this podcast to follow his Twitter and find his podcast as well. So thanks, Derek. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today. Thanks for stopping by. Always appreciate you guys making time on the weekend for the OBR Film Breakdown podcast. You know, that means a lot to me. Thanks to Derek for giving us the time and insights on the Rams. We will be back tomorrow with Brad Ward for our game day preview. That means we have quite a bit to talk about for this one because it's going to be a little later in the day and it's got a lot of stuff surrounding it. So we will give you all the data, information, and a little betting uh, angle for you to take as well. Should be a fun fun podcast and a really enjoyable Sunday. So uh, like I said, appreciate you guys stopping by. Have a fantastic Saturday or Sunday whenever you're listening to this. We'll catch you soon. Thanks for being here and go Browns. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.